welcome to this edition of the Alabama Historical Association's podcast program. I'm your host, Marty Olaf, and I talk with people who conduct interesting research and do interesting things concerning Alabama history. You can find out more about the Alabama Historical Association, a membership organization devoted to Alabama history, by pointing your browser at our website, www.alabamahistory.net. This episode will depart from our usual discussion with people conducting research in the history of Alabama. We'll focus on a project going on in Alabama that concerns the state's history, but also concerns a broader history. That is, today's guest is Susan McCready, co-director of the Center for the Study of War and Memory at the University of South Alabama. Dr. McCready is also a professor of French language and literature who specializes in 19th century French theater. She's the associate editor for French in the journal Romance Studies and has the following three books to her credit. Staging France Between the World Wars, published by Lexington Books in 2016, The Limits of Performance in the French Romantic Theater, published by Durham Modern Language Series in 2007, and Novel Stages, an edited volume published by University of Delaware Press, also in 2007. Thanks for joining us today, Susan. Thanks for having me. Would you explain what the center is, and what it does, and a bit about its history? Sure. The Center for the Study of War and Memory was founded in late 2012 by my colleague and co-director, Steve Trout, who's the chair of our English department here. The idea of the center is that it's an interdisciplinary team of scholars devoted to the study of war remembrance in all its forms. So we have among our affiliated faculty in our art history department, the English department, and myself and colleagues of mine in modern languages. We have uh, also a friend in the psychology department. So we have people from a lot of different fields who work through the issues of commemoration. And why are memory and commemoration studies important? You historians study the facts of things, you know, what happened. But what happens after what happens is that people get together and they decide to tell a story about it. And they tell that story through monuments and street names and buildings. My colleague Steve always likes to say we live in a landscape of commemoration. So understanding that landscape, understanding how we use history to tell a story about the past and how that changes over time is really important. I think when we talk about memory, anytime we put up a monument, you know, we've recently we've had some controversy about monuments, but there's no such thing as a monument that's neutral. Somebody put that up with a certain story that they wanted to tell. And every act, every gesture of collective memory has a concomitant act of collective forgetting that's behind it. And so memory studies is about uncovering some of those other stories and understanding the stories that we're telling and why they're important to us. And it sounds like an interdisciplinary approach is better than a single disciplinary approach. Can you address that? Oh, golly. I think... I kind of almost always think an interdisciplinary approach is better to most things, right? I mean, I think most things are complicated. And if we don't think outside our disciplinary expertise, we're only seeing part of the story. 
So I work on theaters. I'm thinking through theater as a collective practice. I'm thinking through issues of the way in which theater expresses a certain story. In the case of my current project about the First World War in France, it's also part of a larger story of commemoration. So it's really important for me to understand a little bit about what's going on in terms of other kinds of commemorations. So I have to know a little something about the monuments and the monument builders and the architecture of those monuments and the art of those monuments. Without that art historical background, I wouldn't be able to tell the story that I want to tell. I obviously have to know about the straight history of the events of the war and the events of the post-war. Like, it matters to me what's happening in terms of the negotiation of the peace, which took a really long time after World War I, as you know. As the peace is getting negotiated, the war is getting renegotiated, and the meaning of the war is getting renegotiated throughout the culture. And we can see it in the plays that are being produced, you know, the 1920s and 1930s in France. The focus of this conversation has been World War One. Does the center expand beyond World War One? Absolutely. We are not focused on any single conflict. I happen to be working on World War One, so that's where my examples are coming from, just as I'm talking to you. And of course, it's the centennial of World War One right now, so there's a lot of World War One going on. We recently did a conference on France and the memory of the Great War here on campus. But no, we're not focused uniquely on World War One. We have our colleague and friend, Fry Gilliard, who's the writer-in-residence at South Alabama, has recently published a book on the Civil War called Journey to the Wilderness. It's a collection of letters from his family members who served in the Confederate Army that have been preserved in his family. So he's edited those letters and collected them in this volume and included a preface uh, about his own his own memory of the war and how it changed over time through the civil rights movement. Uh, we're in the process of making a film based on that book. So that's a civil war and civil rights era project. My colleague, Chris Hollingsworth, who is the associate director of the center, is organizing a conference for March, which everybody's invited to, by the way, March 16th here on campus, a day-long conference about My Lai, because it's going to be the anniversary of the My Lai incident in the Vietnam War. It's going to be called My Lai and Moral Injury. So we have people working on lots of different things. World War One is at the forefront a little bit right now because it's centennial and because you're talking to me, but I think you get a different answer if you're talking to somebody else. What else does the center engage in? Well, we've done a bunch of different kinds of things. I mean, we have sort of a two-pronged mission, right? The first part of that is that we want to support and promote quality research in memory studies. And the second part is that we want to produce quality humanities programming for a broader audience. To that end, we have our own little podcast where we interview authors. We had General Janet Cobb of the USS Alabama Memorial Park to talk about the USS Alabama and its its history and how it got to be the park that it is and, and what happens at that park and, and the meaning of that site of memory. So we do the pod. We have uh, an exhibit that we produced called War and Remembrance on Alabama's Gulf Coast. That exhibit sort of explains the idea of the landscape of memory and commemorative practice through specific examples of commemorations from various conflicts that dot our region down here in southern Alabama. We have, for example, the Medal of Honor Memorial that's on the Spring Hill College campus, and we, we point out the Waterman Memorial in the Wells Fargo Bank building downtown, which is a memorial to merchant marines who died in World War II. 
and various other examples in that exhibit, which is right now, by the way, back to the USS Alabama. It's at the USS Alabama Battleship Memorial Park in the aircraft pavilion, so you can go and see it there. Or you can find it on our website, too. You can see the little thumbnails of the exhibit panels, and you can listen to the audio of them and a little bit of bonus audio that goes with them. Does this exhibit travel outside your area? So far it hasn't. Um, we've had it at our library here on campus, which is where we open. We've had it at the Fairhope Library, at the May Library downtown, and we've had it at the West Branch Library. And now it's at the USS Alabama since July. We don't have a plan for where it's going next, so if you have ideas, <laughs> tell us where you want it. We'll take it. We'll take it to you. It's, uh, it's easy to pack up. So somebody could contact you at the center or could contact the center and uh, work out displaying this if they want. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, we are at southalabama.edu forward slash war and memory, and we're easy to find. The podcast is on SoundCloud, isn't it? It is, but I always link the new episodes on our website as well. This sounds like a pretty big commitment toward the center from the university in terms of resources and also of university mission. Can you address that from an institutional point of view? Yeah, I think that the institution has been pretty supportive. Going back to the center's mission of promoting research in this area, that's already our job is to do research. So the fact that we're kind of packaging it in a way that allows us to promote our work to a broader public is something that, of course, is in the university's interest. And so we've had some pretty good support from the institution. Most of the support we've gotten has been in the form of internal grants that we've had to compete for. And no grant is too small. I have written a grant for $150. I'm not proud. We've gotten a bunch of internal grants that we've sometimes been able to leverage for some outside support. So we've had some support from Alabama Humanities Foundation and from some other organizations as well. What activities of the center are specific to the history of Alabama? So I think I've already talked about a couple of them. The film that's going to be based on Fry Gilliard's book, which we hope will be able to air maybe on Alabama Public TV, that people will be able to see it. The exhibit focuses explicitly on Alabama and our little region of Alabama. We also participate in other events. I just gave a talk to the Alabama DAR about Alabama's role in the First World War for Alabama Day. As things arise, we're, we're doing things that focus on Alabama. I mean, we're here, and we want to be part of the, this community, and we want to be producing work that's of interest to our community. Speaking of a broader community, does the center coordinate its work with groups like the National World War I Museum and the National World War II Museum? We're new, so we're not quite at that point where we're really coordinating on a really high level with those folks, but we do know them. We've met them. I think Steve Trout, who has been in World War I studies much longer than I have, you know, he wrote the book about American commemoration of World War I on the battlefield of memory. So he's much more involved in the World War I commemoration, the centennial commemorations. They're building, as you know, a World War I monument on the Mall in Washington, and he's been an advisor, I think, on that project. Steve is involved in that. I am not so much. Well, I guess a center like this was really a team approach. It really has been. Steve started it really by himself. It took a minute to get more sustained participation from other members of the faculty. I came in in the fall of 2014 when my World War I project was getting off the ground, and it seemed 
really obvious to me the center could be a resource for me and that I could benefit the center. And, you know, it would be a way to advance the broader goal of supporting the humanities and promoting the humanities both inside the university and outside the university. So for listeners who want to know more about the center and its work, how might they contact either the center or you? You've spoken to this before, but I'd like to give you another opportunity here. Thank you. I will do another plug. We are online at southalabama.edu forward slash war and memory. You can join my Twitter army under my name, Susan McCready, at war and memory. And, you know, on the website you can find our email addresses and get in touch with us that way. We don't have a physical space on campus. It's a center in the sense of the ideal world. <laughs> it's not a literal place. So just get us through our normal email addresses that you'll find on the website. Well, what haven't I covered that you'd like to talk about? I think one of the things that I'm really proud of that we're doing is just bringing humanities programming to a broader audience. What we do, whether it's your listeners who are mostly historians or people on the literature side or cultural studies, is really important in terms of understanding our world, being able to function as whole people and good citizens with critical thinking skills. And I think that there's often a disconnect. People don't necessarily connect what we're doing over here on the academic side with how we're living in the world. So I'm really proud of the kinds of programming that we've been able to do, and we want to do more of it. That's kind of my act, too, in my career. You know, I spent my first half of my career writing, publishing, writing, publishing, getting tenure, getting that promotion, you know, doing all those sort of things where you're writing to a pretty small group of people who are interested in the same very specific subfield that you're interested in. And so for me, this has been about sort of a second act where I'm opening up to interdisciplinarity and a more public humanities approach. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Susan McCready, co-director of the Center for the Study of War and Memory at the University of South Alabama. It has been my pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us today. This has been another edition of the Alabama Historical Association podcast program. Our music is the traditional tune, Whistle By, performed at City Stages in 1996 by James Bryan and Carl Jones. It's provided courtesy of the Alabama Folklife Association, which you can find on the web at alabamafolklife.org.